Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Can you believe that Ramadan is just a couple of weeks away? I mean, subhanAllah, I think we're so caught up with what's happening in the world, checking the news every day to see what the latest is with the pandemic and the whole story of the vaccines or when will we ever be able to travel overseas again. Our focus has been on all of that. But you know what? We need to shift a little because if we don't start preparing for this Ramadan, then Ramadan will come and go and we won't have got anything out of it. Just like with our day-to-day -day life, even more so for Ramadan, we want it to be a productive time. And when it comes to setting up ourselves for a productive Ramadan, maybe it's better that we focus on one or two areas that we want to improve rather than, you know, kind of a checklist of 30 goals that we might just end up quitting after a week. So let's run with that. Let's say to ourselves, this Ramadan, there's two areas in my life that I really want to transform. Maybe it's your relationship with the Quran or maybe it's the way you interact with your family. Maybe it's the charity that you give or how often you remember Allah throughout the day. So choose two areas of your life that you want to lovingly transform, not change. And why do I say that? Because a lasting transformation will remain beyond this blessed month. Whereas changing implies that once the period is over, you can just go right back again to how you were. But with a transformation, inshallah, then there's no going back. So that will be the new you. So set your heart upon one or two areas that you want to nourish and you want to expand for the rest of your life. Have a plan that gives you enough structure to be motivated and driven, but at the same time, the flexibility to live, and dare I even say it, enjoy each day of fasting because you know what at least at a spiritual level fasting should energize you it shouldn't make you feel depleted so maybe you're a person that likes to have you know like the bigger picture the bigger vision in mind but maybe the day-to-day -day freedom to just you know you want that flexibility in your day to do what you like but for others it might be that structuring out chunks of time throughout the day or even managing your time by the hour because you know some people are more focused in that way and again maybe perhaps you're somebody who likes to have your schedule weeks in advance have a think experiment and find out what works for you because you know I always say this to my kids every single person learns differently and it's important that each of us figures out how we learn best or how we advanced best or how we progress the best. Now this year, although we're now one year on from the start of the pandemic, we're still very much going to have a more limited socially oriented Ramadan than those of past years. There will still be no going to groups or iftars there still won't be that same sense of community in the masjids with the gathering of people to pray the taraweeh prayers. 
But still, being at home doesn't mean maybe that you have, you know, like hours and hours of time just to yourself. You might not have great chunks of time that you can devote to acts of worship like reading Quran or praying extra prayers. Maybe this Ramadan, all you're going to have is 15 minutes a day to increase your worship and connection to Allah. But if that's all you do have because of all your commitments, then in that 15 minutes, pour your heart and your soul into that time. Because quite simply, Ramadan is the month that can change your destiny. And yes, I know it sounds like an excessive, over-the-top kind of thing to say, but really, I mean it. This is the month to obsessively ask Allah for all that your heart desires in this world and the hereafter. And we know that making dua can change our lives. But you know, when I say dua, let's face it, I'm not talking about the two-minute dua that we make after the salah, often empty-hearted, maybe just repeating words that perhaps we don't even understand and don't even touch the edge of your heart. So when I say that making dua can change your life, I'm talking about the prayers that come from the very depth of your heart, the prayers that maybe even you're too scared to say out loud but you do anyway, putting your trust in Allah because dua is the only time where we are expressing our vulnerability to Allah and that is what makes it so special. Who else do you allow to see you in your weakest and most desperate moments? Because when you make genuine dua, you present your most vulnerable state to Allah you express your neediness to him. And it's an emotional state that you rarely ever show anybody else. And I know that might sound scary to you, but after all, how can you not open up to the one who so perfectly and so lovingly created you? Every ounce of your being is known to Allah. How could you possibly not open your heart and your tears to him? When you're speaking to Allah, say everything you need to. Open your heart. Don't hold back. Allah is not going to judge you. In fact, he's the only one that truly understands what you're going through. You know, when maybe you share your feelings with other people, they nod their heads in agreement with you when you're expressing yourself to them, but their hearts remain unconvinced. So just know that Allah is not like that. He truly understands what you're going through. So freely tell him and seek his help. Remember though, asking Allah with certainty doesn't mean that you're going to get exactly what you want all the time. Because it can be that when you've made sincere dua, your natural instinct is always to be on the lookout for the fulfillment of it. Your natural instinct is to think, when is this dua going to get answered for me? And it can quite naturally happen that when we make a genuine heartfelt dua and we don't see the outcome as quick as we'd like it to be, and let's face it, 
in this era of broadband, we all want everything right now, then we begin to feel a little disheartened inside. So I'm going to remind myself and all of you of a hadith which should give us some hope. Because the Prophet Muhammad, peace and blessings be upon him, said, the invocation, the dua, the prayer of any one of you is granted by Allah as long as he or she does not show impatience by saying, I have invoked Allah, but my request has not been answered. So in other words, and you know, we have to firmly believe this, that Allah will answer each and every single one of all your du'as as long as you don't become impatient. As long as you don't say, oh, I made this du'a yesterday and you know, I haven't seen the answer of it yet. Or I've been making this du'a every day for a month and I still don't see the answer in the way I want it. So this is what it means to not become impatient Allah will answer your dua and again it might be that the dua that you've asked for the thing that you've asked for it might not be exactly as you imagined it would get answered because either your duas are answered in the way you think or and I mean this is absolutely amazing or you'll receive something unimaginably better so always stay hopeful. The truth is, we don't really have a clue of what Allah is capable of doing. Yes, Allah gives us those beautiful descriptions of himself, his names, so that we can come closer to understanding who he is. But yet, still with our limited capacity of imagination and of understanding, we truly don't have a clue of how infinite Allah's power and abilities are. Because we know that with dua, you can change even what might actually seem logically impossible. Quite simply, our dua can defy reality. I'm not, I'm not making that up. Read the Quran and you will see that for yourself. Because when you read the Quran, you will read about the miracles Allah gave to the prophets, peace and blessings of Allah be upon them all, in response to their du'as. Another thing to realize is that when it comes to your du'a, then timing is the key. It's like if you have fruit growing on a tree and you pluck it too early, so you know it's not ripe yet, and when you taste it, it doesn't really have much sweetness. And du'a is just like that. I mean, it's true, of course, Allah can make anything happen in an instant we all know all he has to say is kun be fayakun and it is but you know what it could be in our favor to wait out the process a bit like allowing that fruit to ripen because you might think that you're ready to have the answer that you're waiting for but Allah knows that it might take a few more years and a few more lessons in life before you are actually ready. So remember that when the time comes for your dua to be answered and Allah will answer each and every single one of your good duas. So when that time comes for your dua to be answered, that timing will be perfect because Allah is not 
only preparing you to receive what you want, but also for it to be the best thing for you and for you to be able to hold on to it. It can be that those overnight successes and rushing into things that don't last very long for the reason that you don't know how to emotionally, physically or even spiritually maintain it. So timing is key. We all need time to grow. We need space to flourish. Having everything that you want so quickly and instantly might seem like a really nice idea, but it can mess you up just as quickly as you got it. Part of making heartfelt dua is genuinely expecting that Allah will answer it, but also not to become obsessed over the outcome. I mean, <laughs> this is a huge lesson for me. This is something I'm trying to learn. It's a spiritual lesson of learning to let go and hand over my doubt and fears to Allah. The fear of, you know, what if my dua is not accepted? What will happen then? What will I do? So I'm trying hard to replace those doubts with tawakkal, with trust. I'm hoping to try my hardest to trust that Allah will bring it to me, that Allah will put me in the right time and place so that my du'as can come to fruition. Trusting Allah doesn't mean that you're going to get everything that you pray for. Sometimes you will. Sometimes it will take much longer. Sometimes it might take a lifetime. Sometimes you'll get something so much better than you prayed for. Sometimes you might just stop wanting the thing that you're praying for. And sometimes you might not see it in this world. And all of that is okay because it's a tricky balance of going with the flow of life and working ridiculously hard for your dreams and not getting so attached to the outcome. So how do we take that knowledge and how do we apply it in our lives? The answer to that is drop your constant expectations. Let go of your mind's obsessive need to figure how everything is going to work out. Because you should know that there is a plan that is greater than yours. You don't know the chain of events Allah has planned out for you. Trust that Allah can make a way out for you quicker and easier than you even imagined when everything in reality tells you otherwise. So have faith in Allah regardless of what you see. Have faith in what you can't see today, tomorrow, but you know what? One day you've got to believe it before you see it because we plan but Allah is the best of planners. سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك Glory and praise be to you, O Allah. I bear witness that there is no one worthy of worship except you. I beg of you your forgiveness and repent to you. Ameen.